Welcome to Record Crimes. In each episode, we'll be getting into anything from copyright legal battles, crimes committed by people in the music industry, and and everything everything in between. People in the music industry? Doing illegal things? Really? Howdy, howdy. Hi. And welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. The world says hello. Good morning, starshine. The earth <laughs> says hello. That's right. That's what you're just trying Is to do. Is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Got him. How are you? I'm good. Oh, I have to tell you about this injury that I got. I didn't even tell you when injury. I got here. I got an injury. Yeah, we've been catching up before we got on as per usual. Yeah, I was eating dinner. <laughs> She's having a tikka masala moment. I don't own a microwave, so I needed to use Clarice's. Yeah, who doesn't own a microwave? I don't know. I'll, when I tell people that, like, people think that it's, like, some weird, like, statement against, like, microwaves no. and how bad they are. I'm like, no, I just, like, don't. I don't have one. Yeah, I was literally about to say, who doesn't have a microwave in 2015? That's what Hello? I was... Hello? I know. Girl. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Goodbye. That's how we're doing. Okay, so... Yeah, injury. This injury. My stairs, like, going into the building. So, they're <gasps> no. like... Okay, my... F- one of my best friends, Brooke, she broke her ankle on them, like, because they're, like made out of rock yes those and are they're the scary cu- and they're stairs. curved like yes. they're like this weird like how do you describe the shape of them they're just like rounded instead we're like the they're usual rounded. stair like you have like a 90 degree angle yeah. where it like drops off yeah this one is like a round yes and so it's really easy to slip yeah like and they're kind of far apart and in between the stairs there's like nothing so like you can drop stuff in between them and like all this stuff so I was walking up the stairs and my foot like slid forward into like like below the next step and then I tripped forward. So check out this bruise on my shin. Oh my god, Alyssa. And then feel it. It's like hard as a rock. Oh my god. Feel it. Oh guys, it's so swollen. It's really bad. Oh, Alyssa. Ow. It's really bad. It's like swollen in and around. Oh it's my god, hurts uh, so bad. Any shin, oh yeah, it hurt really bad. Oh, uh, and there are those rock stairs. It's ah! the rock, no! and I literally like my foot went here, and then sorry, my foot like went in between, between. and then I fell yeah, forward. Guys, just visualize. Sorry, just visualize it, guys. <laughs> my foot went like in between, and then I fell forward. So just like right on the bottom of my shin, just no. got smushed. I'm. I will say though, I'm I'm happy that you didn't like fall forward and like hyperextend Ooh. anything because that's <laughs> not to get gross, but that's how I tore all four Yuck. of like the Yuck. ligaments Yuck. or whatever in my ankle when I was Yucky. in high school. It, I I ran a five k, the Shamrock five k run. Mistake number one. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it was a it wasn't Saint the Patty's turkey Day. trot. Come nope. on. So Shamrock five k in Dublin, guys. That's oh, where yeah, that's forgot. where it is. But I ran the five k. And then I went home and mom was like, mm, Ellie needs my dog. She's like, Ellie needs to be fed and taken out for a walk before we go to any like festival or like do anything. 
So I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll take Ellie out. So I brought Ellie out because I was feeling, I was like, I just ran a 5K. I feel great. I feel like on top of the world. You had that runner's high. I literally had runner's high (laughs) from three miles. Three miles, like three point whatever it is. (laughs) And I took her and her 50 foot leash out to the elementary school that backs our house and the giant fields. Yeah. And my mom not the 50 would leash. never like to take her out. She's like, she gets so nervous. Oh, he's going to run away. And I was like, no, this is like, this is me and my girl. So I was like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go for a fun walk run thing today. So yeah, so I put her on a 50 foot leash and she just like roams in the fields. And so we're in the grass. And at the time, my elementary school was like not very well kept. Sure. So like. Whose is? Whose is? And it's also like a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I'm not even supposed to like be on the grounds. Yeah, you're fine. So we're in like the fields. I see a couple holes, things that definitely need to be filled in, whatever. I am holding onto her leash still and she's like going around, whatever. I trip and my foot gets stuck in a hole. No. So you imagine like if you all, you move, but your foot stays. So yeah. So yeah. I'm in a <laughs> hole and I'm laying down there. <laughs> I'm laying down at yeah. this point, like I tripped and I've fallen. Yeah, and my, that's basically my ankle what I did. Is in the, hole, the stairs, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I was like, ow, that hurts. Okay, I got to get my ankle out. But before I have time to get my ankle out, Ellie has already booked it in the other direction, and I'm Ellie. holding onto her leash. So as I hold onto her leash, and as she keeps on going that way, that must my, be slow too, because it's fifty feet. Oh <laughs> my god! Well, she was kind of already like further no. away. I was like, oh my god! I just like knew. So she pulled. It pulled my whole body forward while my foot was stuck. So it literally just like to my foot in the thing. Shut up. And like if this is like the 90 degree angle, my foot is like down and like my leg is across. Just like that corner just went like. And pain, pain, like blinding pain. Like I started getting like all spotty eyed. I like couldn't even cry. I was just screaming. Yeah, I would be too. That's fucked up. But then I'm like alone with Ellie. So I'm screaming, crying. I'm like. Ellie, get back here! It's like Ellie, I'm like trying to like ring her in. I like can't, cannot get my foot out of the hole. I eventually get my foot out of the hole and I try to stand on it and I immediately You're fall on like over. A bear trap. Ellie thinks I'm playing with her, so she's like jumping on me and shit. <laughs> I'm like, get up! Aww. I was like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And eventually, I like call my mom and I'm like, mom, I was like, you have to come get me. I'm in the field. <laughs> I was like, I'm down. Down man down field. man down i was like yes, i think i broke it i was like i have ellie but i think i broke my foot i was, I was like i don't know i broke my leg <laughs> she's just like what 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 is happening i was like i'm at fred like you have to come get me and ellie and so yeah so like i go we go get ellie back <laughs> so we go to the hospital yeah i like i was in a boot and everything i like That's tore all the shit i didn't break a bone but i tore I tore everything. Ew. So I was just like in a boot. Oh my God. It was so, it was so stupid, but it was like, literally I would have been fine if Ellie did not run. <laughs> didn't oh, go in no. the other direction. Ellie, girl, like, Ellie, take it easy. I was like, this was all for you. And I just think it's funny that I didn't break anything while running the 5k. I did it while I was taking my yeah, dog Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, why did she mention the literally 5k? Literally a fucking hole. Oh my god! In a hole. That's it. In a hole. But it was the same thing. Like you get too far forward, and it's, that's why I'm happy you didn't go forward. Well, I did, but I caught myself. Oh God! Because because of how steep the stairs are. Yeah, Usually, true. I hate how steep they are, but true. because I fell forwards, like mm-hmm. I was able to catch myself yes. before I went like fully horizontal. <sighs> we can't have any boots. No, no boots, boots allowed. No boots. No crutches. No boots. Yeah, for real. Ugh. Yeah, my friend who broke her 
ankle or whatever, like she was in a boot and had crutches for like many months. Crutches hurt, dude. She like no one talks hated about that. her life, and also Think of her, her armpits bruises. Yeah, Gross like bruises. they need to they need to do something different there. Yeah. Like there needs to be a better way. There has to be a better way. Also, I got sweaty armpits, so that should be like slip and yeah, slide. Yeah, slip and slide dot org. <laughs> like truly, like one eight hundred slip and slide. Like. <laughs> Speaking of sweaty, I've been going to the gym lately. Oh, yeehaw. Like many days a week. Oh, okay. Work. Yeah. Planet Fitness. Yes. Yes. So I've been going at like different times of day though to see like Different when, crowds. Yeah. There's, I take back what I said a few episodes ago about how I haven't had any weird experiences or like bad experiences in like the Planet Fitness because- It's happening. Well, because like- it just depends on when you go. Yes. And I've gone like early in the morning and there's like kind of like those like really hardcore people mm-hmm. that go in the morning and I'm like not them, but it's not that bad. I have decided this is like my research. My research has concluded uh, that 3 p.m. is the worst crowd Three at the gym. 3 to 6 p.m. 3 to 6. I Haunting I'd, hour. It's all of the people who do like the like most stereotypical shitty gym person thing where they're like they'll sit on the machines for mm-hmm. 40 minutes mm-hmm. like looking at their phone and doing mm-hmm. three reps in between like yes. 15 minutes. Like it's just like or they oh god there's this guy who was using all of these machines that I wanted to use and I would I watched him for like literally half an hour go on a machine for like a few minutes and then get up and just walk away. He didn't even wipe it down or anything. Yeah. And I was like, homie, I know you're not on there for a long time, but you're that is disgusting. That's gross. You still need to use that it. That is gross. That is yucky. And Bad. like also like I just I get so pissed. And then I'm like, you're hogging this machine that I want. Yeah, Hello. when people want to do like a quote unquote circuit. Yes, I'm where like, they're like, I'm using all these machines. machines. I literally you, you know what you say to them? I, I said this to one person. He was like, I saw that he was on one. Yeah. And then he Picked his he, stuff they up leave, and went to another no, one. No, they leave their stuff. Like, oh, he left his I've, stuff? I've My guy did no, not. No, not that guy. There's oh. just like people that will leave their stuff. Like they'll leave their AirPod case on one machine and then their water bottle on another and then they'll be on a third one. And I'm like, you can't be can't doing do that. that. You cannot be doing Finish that. Finish one machine and go on That's to the next. That's fucking insane. Yeah, be he, normal. Got, he like picked his stuff up and moved. So I went on that one. He's like... Oh, I still I still have a few reps on that one. I was I like, don't care. oh, I was like, oh, but you're on this one. Do not care. And he was like, yeah, but I'm gonna be back at that one. I was like, but you're using this one right now. Yeah, that's I was like, like you're not, not using my fucking this one. problem, dude. I was like, I was like, I'll be done. But honestly, I kind of I had like, like the using best both. workout only because I was like so pissed off at all of these people that I was just like raging. Rage. I was rage working out. Yes. Um, but it was like I kept having to. I lost my momentum every so often because there were just people just like sitting on yeah, these machines and you're just like, like waiting and i'm like staring i like got to the point like where i was like there was a guy on a machine that i wanted there was only one of them so i was like homie you gotta be like you need to have some situational like spatial awareness right now like yes. social awareness like please you're not the only person in this gym it's crazy be productive but like it's literally like i watched him like i was on the machines like surrounding him for like 20 minutes and he was like sitting on his phone he'd do like one, two, three, and then get back on his phone. And then after a while, he just like stopped doing reps and he was just sitting. So then I got up and I was like standing like right in front yeah. of him, basically just kind of staring. I was just like, hello, hello. Yeah, no, not Stop, cool. like That's enough, annoying. give it a rest. Like, 
And he didn't get up. I was like, you can, you don't even see me mean mugging you right now, for real? Like, what the fuck? What you is that? ask them. I was like, ah. I know, I know. No, because as soon as I talk to a man at the gym, it's oh, like yeah, a conversation. I'm like, no, not even that. It's just like they want to, they, I can't <laughs> talk to anyone here. Like, no. don't talk to me. You're just like, get off this machine. Just like, get off, homie, And please. get on with it. Or just like, at least be doing something. Like, if you're on there for a while and you're like, going at it, I'm like, okay, it's still annoying, but like. At least you're doing something. True. Like well, people who sit on their phones, I'm like, I'll kill myself. I'm going to get off tomorrow at work, like after work, and I'm probably going to have to face that 6 p.m. It's the, the worst. 5 to 6 p.m. crowd. So if you're around, we can face it together. Yeah, we can. I might go in the morning, to be completely honest with you. Maybe I'll no, go again. No, it's a good time. The morning is a great time. It's like I like to go when everyone's at work. Yes. Because I have weird key, hours. So, key. like, I go, like. It works. It yeah, works. No, take advantage of that. I need to. I'll probably be going in the morning on Thursday. I'll go with you on Thursday. Yeah. Let's see um, if we actually do it. I Well, I have to be home by, we're like scheduling this on the air. <laughs> um, I have to be home by noon. Oh, that's fine. All right, sorry, I, I have, have to I have to leave at noon. So I have to be home that's fine. by 10-ish. Okay. So you want to go at 8, please? Girl math. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can go Sick. at 8. Yeah, we can I'll go meet you eight. there. <laughs> anything else that happened to you this week not really no i've just been like trying to work my exercise my demons literally yeah and (laughs) not bang up your leg anymore psycho it's not really working well but we're doing our best so here we are i finished decorating oh yeah it looks so cute my apartment for like fall slash halloween we'll be adding more stuff i really want to get those floating candles oh i just saw with the little wand or you, you don't even need the on. yeah. Some but of them have fun. a wand. Yeah, it's very like Harry Potter esque. Yes. But I thought they look cute in my kitchen because I have popcorn ceilings everywhere else, and I can't hang them anywhere else except my popcorn kitchen. Popcorn ceilings haunt society. Yeah, like I want to hang so get... many things from the ceiling, and I cannot do a single. So here we are, and I also went to Disney over the weekend yes. with my sister, mom, my sister's boyfriend, and my boyfriend. So it was a big family outing. I love, Sorry, Dad, I miss you. I just love when your dad just like doesn't. It's so dad. So to, dad, like, just feel like I'm working, working. or it's just like I don't want to do that, and I'm working. So like, it like, worked out. Yeah, nicely. I'm like working. I'm gonna work on my train set. Also, maybe Slay. do some yard work, and then I'm gonna sit in front of the television you know, and watch stuff. my car shows. Dad stuff, and not have my wife yell at me and order a milkshake. Again, and dad stuff. It's like I can eat all, all the, the chips I, I want. want. Yeah, my mom literally <laughs> like right before I had to drop her off for the airport. Yeah. She's like texting my dad, and she's like, "Okay, Ron, like you have to pick me up at eight. So like, <laughs> he's like, "Okay, anyway." He's like, "Yeah, so I'll be able to have dinner afterwards." And she's like, "No, because if I'm being picked up at eight, that means we're getting home at nine. So you should probably have dinner before that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So then, like, immediately after that conversation, she's, like, checking her bank account, her Wells Fargo, because she's paranoid. And she's like, hmm, looks like your father just got Los Pericos for dinner. (laughs) Oh, my God, girl, Sherry, take it (laughs) down. I was like, yeah, he probably got his veggie burrito because that shit's bomb. And you don't have it. Let him have his burrito. And I was like, he probably went to Athens, which is, like, where he gets his milkshakes. Oh I was God. like, he probably went there You're too. You're like doxing your dad's fave spot. She's like, well, I don't see that coming up on the transaction. So we definitely didn't use the card. Sherry, I was like, mom, he crazy. definitely uses cash. Don't be crazy. The amount of times that he and I would get Slurpees and like Snickers bars with like cash money after school. Of he was like, we have to use cash so your mom won't yell at me. That's real. 
Me and my dad, when my mom was out of town, we would buy that Tostitos queso dip and we'd put the whole jar in the microwave and we'd go to fucking town on that thing, eat the entire thing. And basically a whole bag of chips between the two of us. And we would be like, hee, 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 hee. And then we'd have to, like, hide the evidence. Literally. Best. Best Because my mom would always be like, why do you eat this shit? And we're like, because it's good. It's It's good. good. (laughs) Are we becoming one? Probably. Yes. (laughs) But so Disney was really cute. It was all decorated for Halloween, which I love. I love a holiday theme anywhere. So now it's like with that trip and now my whole apartment is decorated it's very much like i'm in fall mode right now you are in fall mode can i say one more fall thing oh please i've decided that this year i am gonna like try out some new pumpkin recipes okay so i'm asking for anyone's pumpkin recipes but if you give me a pie a bread or a pumpkin muffin mix i'll kill you i those are basic you should make like a pumpkin soup yes that i also decided that i'm gonna try my hand at Get ready for this. The not so basic. I'm going to do a pumpkin spice espresso martini. Oh, I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice. So that doesn't sound good. But I love this moment for you. I yes. really do. I was like, why that hasn't that fun. cocktail been tapped into? I feel like it could be when done right. It could be like Slay USA, you know, like yeah. amazing. I do like an espresso martini. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly thought it was like overhyped until I tried one and I was like, no, I actually kind of get it. Like I'm sorry yeah. for roasting. Now imagine it a little for bit being of spice basic. in that. Yeah, it could be like fun. nice if it's like not too overpowering. Sure. So I would like, like a dirty chai <gasps> martini. Ooh. That would be kind of fun. I would enjoy that. If you made that for me, I'd drink the fuck out of that. I could try Thank you. We're bringing together caffeine and alcohol. The best kind for loco core, am I right? Oh, God. <laughs> ah! um, okay. Something well, happened in the world of music? I think, like, the thing that happened wasn't necessarily, like, something that bothers me too much. It's just, like, something that happened. Okay, let me just explain. So, Tinashe, mm-hmm. you know Tinashe, right? Mm-hmm. She. You should say who she is for people that don't. She, oh God, if you don't know Tinashe, she is like a very underappreciated R&B icon. Like mm-hmm. truly like she's got the dancing, the singing, the songwriting. She's amazing. You know, she's like a full she's insane. performer pop it's star. so like, good. She's package. so good. But she recently did an interview where like, the I guess the interviewer asked her like, do you regret like making music in the past, like in like 2015 with like R. Kelly and Chris Brown specifically asked with those two names together? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, it's like pretty embarrassing that I like did that. And I do kind of like regret it. And t- Twitter slash X had like a field day with that because they were like, well, she did clarify like later in the interview where she was more so like, with Chris Brown specifically, she was like, I was, he was more in like his R&B bag and I was like doing pop shit. So like, uh-huh. that's why it was weird, which I don't like, but like beside the point. Yeah. She, but Chris Brown, <laughs> Chris Brown like commented on the, like an Instagram post, like maybe her Instagram post. And he was basically like name five Tanache songs. You can't and all this stuff in like all caps and like being like insane as he does, because he's fucking crazy. But, like, every few months, like, something will happen where someone says something about Chris Brown, and all of the people, like, will come out of the woodwork and be like, 
Chris Brown is like so this and that and he's talented and did it did it and like will like excuse to the max like anything he's ever done and there's just always this huge discourse about it and it's always just so troubling to me but it all and then it, it always disappears it always just disappears until something else happens like someone else is gonna say something about Chris Brown and then like he's, he's gonna, gonna go like cuckoo bananas he is crazy or like when people are like it happened so long ago and like all this stuff. It's like he is a serial abuser. Like things he like recently. <laughs> like he's insane. Like truly like a menace to women. Yes. In general. Yes. You're saying all the correct things. And like like I truly I I don't care if anyone disagrees with me. Like I'm correct. Like I'm right. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> like you need to really evaluate. Everyone like, else. How does it feel to be wrong? No, it's just like you really need to evaluate like why you're defending this man so yeah, bad. Yeah, and like, why he, you have to crawl out of the woods. It's insane every time. And like from the ether. No, people just are just like I feel like always fight for him. Yes, I feel they're like people are just like ready. waiting for someone to say some shit about him, mm-hmm. and then they're like gonna come out and be like, nah, nah, nah. but like I did see this one tweet that I thought was like kind of funny and made me like a little hopeful because people were like, at least the side of Twitter that I'm on, like people were being like, guys, can we be fucking for real right now? Like actually like what? But like, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) But like the tweet was basically like, Chris Brown like has no idea that there's a whole generation of people who do not know anything about his music or anything, but only know him as a an abuser yeah and honestly good good but like and like I saw people like replying being like yeah I literally couldn't name five Chris Brown songs but like I could name five shitty things that he's done to women Mm -hmm. and I'm like good finally thank you everyone it's like taken like 20 years like god and like when people try like he is always like the person that comes up anytime I have a conversation of like mm-hmm. separate the art from the artist or whatever. Like he's always someone. And I'm like, guys, one, even if he didn't do the shit that he did, his music is not that good. Like it's not uh, good enough for you to like truly like have the, like yeah. defend his character like this. Mm-hmm. And when people are like, he's like the it Michael Jackson and like he has got the moves and the end of it. Like, girl, he has it been did not writing pave the way for much. He has been writing the same song. All of his songs sound like interpolations of his other songs. Like, I truly cannot yeah. like decipher, like, oh my God, it just drives me nuts. Anyway, I was like, <laughs> it just sends me off like every time. the deep end every time. And I feel like it just keeps happening where I'm just like, why when is he gonna stop? When are we gonna forget? Like, who is gonna <laughs> take care of him? Who? I'll do it. I'll do it. Restrict is no, because now apparently the worst people don't even get their accounts restricted. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So anyway, yeah, I was just like, okay. There was also something about Drake and copyright. Mm. So the Halle Berry picture, he, I guess, has a song. I don't know if it came out already. I didn't really look too much Mm -hmm. into it, but I just wanted to like briefly touch on it because I saw a lot of her comments coming up on my feed. But like the cover art is a picture of her getting slimed. I'm assuming of like the Nickelodeon, like the Nick Choice Awards or whatever. It was from like 2005 or something Yeah, it's like like old as fuck. It was when she looked like Catwoman with her short hair. Yes, yes, with her short, yes, yes. She posted kind of like a cryptic like Instagram post Mm -hmm. and then someone was like, 
isn't like did you say like it was cool that like he used this picture and she was like no this is exactly why I made this post because like he asked I, I said no he asked I said no but even before anyway. that she didn't even say that at first like no. she was just like I don't want my picture being used and some people were like well it's like a Getty images whatever like you don't own it it's like guys it's, it's her. her it's her face that's crazy yeah literally you know and like especially because he asked that's nuts and he's she said no and, and he's then like, he, well, I'm Drake. And then he's like, I'm Drake. I'm going to do it anyway. That's cr- that's Horror. cuckoo. That's bananas. Also, um, I don't know if we talked about this last week. I do not remember because my brain is a pile of mush. Real. But the Ghostwriter song. Oh, yeah. That we covered. Has been nominated for a Grammy. Oh, my God. Wait, I did see this. Oh, my God. It's on the Grammy listing right now, guys. That is which means so... it's, it's on the songwriting Grammy listing. So to clarify, it's not like... Drake and the Weeknd's voice up for an award. It's the lyrics lyrics. and the songwriting. Okay, one, that's crazy. That's nuts. That is crazy. I don't know how it got accepted. I don't know who nominated it. Someone submitted it. You have to submit your own songs. That's so nuts. And I don't, yes, it's a nice, it's it's a cool song, whatever. It's a good song. But like, if it didn't have that whole conspiracy behind it, it probably would not have been considered. Well, it's just like, uh, I think it's more so like, it's just like the lore around it yes. and the fact that it's just like the first like it's just like a weird unprecedented precedented times like yeah, where you're just where like, it's what? like a song that's like not available to the public yeah is up for a grammy yeah let's just wrap our head about that that's insane. you cannot listen to this song anywhere yeah but it's up for a Grammy. It's crazy. How is that possible? Yeah, a song you can't even listen to is up for a Grammy. And then what if it wins and they, they can't even play it? That's what I mean. That's what if it wins? We, like, they, they what can't then even what? play it. Then what? Well, also, um, on this kind of similar note, an Ariana Grande, like, song leaked called Fantasize. I'm mm-hmm. sure people, anyone on TikTok has, like, seen it. Mm-hmm. But she, it's been, like, kind of going crazy on TikTok for the past few weeks, honestly. Maybe, like, the past month. Mm-hmm. And she, like, only recently, like, was, like, addressed addressed it. Mm -hmm. And she was, like, yo, this is sad. Like, I was, like, really hoping to, like, kind of, like, go back to this and, like, release it at some point. But now I feel like I can't and, like, all this stuff. And who someone, like, the past, like, two weeks, like, put it on Spotify under the name Adriana Venti or something like that. Like, some shitty ass. But that person just got taken to court and find like a bunch of money like maybe like 10k or some shit like that which is nuts but like good Mm -hmm. but like I just saw a video of a radio station playing the unreleased Ariana Grande song what the fuck that's fucking crazy and all of like the streams for that and shit like that it's going like not to her not that she not that she needs it, but like it's just like Still, it's the principle of it, where you're just like, it's that dude, artist work. and that's never happened. There have been a lot of songs that have like leaked, Not and on like the radio th- on the radio, dude. Like, that's one hundred one seven KKIQ. No, actually, fucking Aria. No, no, isn't that crazy? <sighs> I hate people. Okay, so a lot of stuff to cover that we just covered. We'll tap into it. We have tapped. This in. is gonna be a whack episode though, because after you told me what you were doing, I had something kind of already in mind. I also told you the wrong person at first. You did, you did, but that it was, was like similar. What what you ended up <laughs> telling me was yeah. like very similar vibes. So it's gonna we're, we have a heavy hitter today. It's gonna be. Who's a bit. going first? Me. 
I think you. you. Woo. Let me sit up. Woo. Let me sit up. I was like lounging. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to face you. (laughs) I'm like back to you. That's so. Presentation. Yeah, that was fun. That was embarrassing. Very teacher of you. Yeah. Okay. Today I'm going to tell you about a more recent crime, Mm -hmm. the murder of Pop Smoke. Bing bong. I bet some people have been waiting for this one, TBH. I think so. He had a very short, very, very short very time short. in the limelight. So And also a very short life. Very short life. Very in young general, and yeah. upsetting. So born Bashar Baraka Jackson on July 20th, 1999. He's younger than the both of us. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, he was born in Brooklyn and grew up in like neighborhoods of the of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, as a child, he played the African drums in his local church, and that was kind of like where he like honed in on his love for music. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't really find a ton of details about like what exactly his like living situation was as a child, but okay. I he did describe it like both in his songs and in interviews as like kind of like he grew up like an impoverished or like in the what he called the ghetto I don't Mm -hmm. really like to use that word but like I think it was just like a bad part of town kind of thing where he's yeah when explaining on how he started rapping pop smoke repeats that when you're a kid from the hood you only have three options play ball sell drugs or rap he said quote I did all three and I was good at all of them Mm. So that was a quote, by the way. I don't use that. <laughs> you didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> that was like very obviously that a cut and very, paste. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he eventually started playing basketball as a point and shooting guard mm-hmm. and relocated to Philadelphia to enroll in Rock Top Academy, which is like a prep school. Okay. But unfortunately, at age 15, he was forced to leave the academy after being diagnosed with a heart murmur. So after this, his like basketball career seemingly ending, ending yeah. he turned back to the streets where he started dealing. Um, and he ran into some trouble with the law a few times. I'm really unclear about the timeline there, but he did have some jail time and did definitely get put on house arrest for two years on some form of like weapons charge. He really began like focusing on making music in 2018. Okay. Um, in an interview with Genius, he said that his grandpa used to call him Papa growing up, but his name on the street was Smoke Oguap, which was like his instagram username oh boy but his friends obviously didn't want to call him that or papa so he shortened it to pop which eventually became pop smoke and i'll probably be referring to him as pop or pop smoke like this whole time so sorry in 2018 he also started remixing like popular drill tracks Mm -hmm. and drill is basically like i'm not gonna go too much into it i really it's a very in-depth genre did not know the wormhole rabbit hole that i would go down looking up drill but basically it's sonically similar to trap but more lyrically similar to like gangster rap yes um drill music was born in the early 2010s in the impoverished neighborhoods of the south side of chicago which historically lacked educational resources and witnessed high murder rates and gang Mm -hmm. activity Drill, like, 
in its infancy is noted for its dark, monotonous beats, steely synths, and nihilistic, often violent lyrics. It spawned a movement also in London, um, and that kind of like formed into its own like subgenre of okay. the subgenre. Yeah. So like it's like UK drill, drill which is like different. Okay. Just because of like where they were. Mm -hmm. That was like about like 2013. And then later it influenced New York in about like 2018. So okay. right around when he was starting mm -hmm. to really make music. So one day he went into a recording studio with another New York City rapper named Jay Guapo. And the story basically is like he and Jay got to the studio. Jay got too high and he fell asleep. So Pop just like went into the booth, just like fuck around and like rap and like see if he was any good at it really. Yeah. And, like before this, he had kind of like remixing dr like just like drill songs mm -hmm. that he would find. And like that was kind of the music he was doing. Okay. He hadn't really started rapping until mm -hmm. this point. He used a beat that he found on YouTube by an East London producer called 808 Mellow. And this became his track, MPR. That was like his first track. And he mm -hmm. used this producer's beat, 808. In January of 2019, he released Flexin, which was a rap over another one of 808's beats. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Pop Smoke befriended producer Rico Beats. And he was also acquainted with record executive Steven Victor. So... The three set up an interview in 2019 in April, and he eventually got signed with Victor Victor Worldwide and Republic Records. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he just kind of was, like, working his way up. Mm -hmm. He began working on his debut album while releasing singles and EPs around this time, so he was kind of just like, let's fucking go. Yeah. So as he's recording this new material, he's using more beats from 808 Mellow off of mm -hmm. YouTube and posting them onto YouTube or just on like on social media, mm -hmm. kind of just like yeah. get his thing out there. Pop's manager actually DM'd Mellow at one point about paying him for his beats, especially one, the two that songs that he actually released, like right. Flex and, and NPR. So Mellow actually looked through like, pop smokes youtube channel and basically like heard all of his beats and but instead of being like mad or being like fuck you like give me money like i'm gonna sue you mm -hmm. he actually saw this as an opportunity to collaborate mm -hmm. and the two like honed in this like really lovely relationship and okay which is so sweet hopefully he still got paid <laughs> yes he did okay cool yeah he started it just like became like official like they were working with each other okay which is nice. Yeah. This pairing, I think, was also, like, unexpected because Mello's genre was UK drill, which similar, still drill, but just, like, hadn't really been popularized in the U.S., like, mm -hmm. at this point, especially, like, on the East Coast. Right. And there was, like, New York drill or, like, Brooklyn drill, but it was really in its infancy at the time, mm -hmm. especially, like, in the mainstream. Right. So... It was definitely, like, an interesting pairing, especially mm -hmm. because of, like, he had, like, a different sound, but he was also using these, like, different beats. Yes. Especially from, like, anything that had been, like, really, like, popping Popular off. Yeah. In the U.S. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yes. Around this same time in April of 2019, Pop Smoke and Mello released Welcome to the Party, which ended up being the lead single on his mixtape Meet the Woo that was released in July 2019. Mm-hmm. 
from October to December, he was releasing singles and like rising up the ranks, like really kind of like establishing himself. In December, he appeared in a compilation album for Travis Scott's record label called Cactus Jack Records. And that song was called Gotti. And Gotti debuted and peaked at 69 on the Billboard Hot 100. So he's not even like a whole year into his career and he's already like charting, like organically. Like that's fucking crazy. Yeah. February 7th. 2020 he released his second mixtape meet the woo 2 with features from notable rappers in hip-hop such as quavo and a boogie with a hoodie again insane like it's just like how crazy he came up so quickly so quickly and he also said like around this time like when he was really starting to like see that he could be successful in the music industry he basically was like why would I keep doing all this illegal shit and make money when I can just like go legal with it? I think that's what he said. His mixtape debuted at number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200, earning him his first top 10 hit in the U.S. Five days after its release, a deluxe edition of the EP was released with three new songs, which featured guest appearances like Nav, Gunna, and PNB Rock. So Pop like teased his debut headlining concert tour on social media and like was starting to post dates and meet the Woo tour, you know, like promoting both of these mixtapes as like one. Mm -hmm. And the tour was planned to begin in the U.S. in March of 2020 (laughs) and end in the U.K. in April. (laughs) Unfortunately, this tour never happened. And I know what you're thinking, probably because COVID, right? Nope. Nope. On February 19th, not even two weeks after this second mixtape release, Pop Smoke was renting an Airbnb owned by Real Housewives star Teddy Mellencamp and her husband. What? It's like so random in my opinion. And that's obviously in the Hollywood Hills. Mm -hmm. It seemed like there was at least one woman there. She was unnamed in all of these reports. And... um. A friend was there, but, like, that also seemed a little unclear in the reports Mm -hmm. that I was reading, too. Around 4.30 a.m., five hooded men broke into the house through a second-story balcony. He was in the shower at the time, and the woman... I'm just going to call her the woman. I'm really sorry. She doesn't have a name in this story. And the woman who was staying with him testified that one of the intruders had a gun to her head and threatened her life if she made any noise or, like, screamed. And then they eventually headed towards Pop Smoke in the shower, and a struggle ensued that led out of the bathroom. Uh, She then testified that she heard a loud pop and him supposedly falling to the ground, two of the intruders beginning to kick him while he was on the ground. He was able to get up and run downstairs before he was unfortunately shot twice more before the intruders escaped and they were able to call 911. When the emergency services came only a few minutes later, they rushed him to the hospital where they they tried to treat him. But unfortunately, a few hours later, he was pronounced dead and he was only 20 years old, like really not even beginning to peak in his. It's so fucked. The investigation that happens after this is crazy, not only because it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Mm -hmm. 
it's also like right before the pandemic started yes. too. Like this I kept forgetting as so I was reading much. this where I was like, what are all these weirdo articles? Like, why am I having to dig so crazy? Yeah. It's because the fucking pandemic, dude. Like it ever- never ruined everything. Yes. So let me talk about the investigation a little bit. Okay. The LAPD first suspected that this was, like, a gang-related crime Mm -hmm. because of, like, supposed ties with him and, like, gangs. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't don't know. But later they believed it was, like, more of a robbery gone wrong because the intruders stole some of his jewelry, specifically this, like, Rolex and some other jewelry, like, before running out of the house. Right. While the police struggled to find a motive or reliable witnesses in the investigation, of course, the internet sleuths had their own hypotheses about what happened. Fans and web sleuths began pointing out that the robbery theory seemed likely because his Instagram post, most importantly, because some of the pictures of like him like in front of cars or like with designer bags, like all this jewelry, um, some of the pictures included the complete address of the airbnb visible like in the pictures no so like people knew where he was scary and he was only in la like he was like it was supposed to be like a four or five day trip like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was like chilling there like he was in an airbnb yeah on july 9th 2020 LAPD made an announcement that they had arrested five people in the case of pop smoke's murder A few days later, it was announced that four of the five were charged. Corey Walker, who was 19, Keandre Rogers, who was 18, and two other unnamed suspects. The ages were 15 and 17. What? And because of, like, the California state laws, even though, like, the severity of the crime... Um, and the type of crime, like, their names weren't released to the public. minors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. 15. With a gun? So in between July 9th and May of 2021, yep. I it was really hard for me to find like any sort of like legal proceedings that happened with any of these people, mm-hmm. even the ones that did like have mm-hmm. their names in the paper and mm-hmm. things like that. But in May of 2021, it was reported that allegedly the 15-year-old admitted to being the shooter in a, no. yeah, in a recorded interview with his cellmate no. at a juvenile detention center. So it was kind of like a prison, what is it, jailhouse confession type mm-hmm. situation. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. And obviously, like, these ages are, like, changing as, like, this timeline goes on, but I'm going to continue to call them, like, their ages, like, as they when committed. they cry. Yeah. yeah. Just because, especially the ones that aren't yes. named. Yes. The 15, I'm just going to call them 15. Okay. 15 told the cellmate that the motive was robbery, specifically this big Rolex watch mm-hmm. that they stole. And he said that they eventually sold this and some of the other Julie jewelry for two thousand dollars i also do have to blanket with this like sorry to spoiler alert but a few of these suspects are not like convicted Mm. so we do have to say allegedly here they're not allegedly's 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 it was also reported that Corey walker the oldest of the Mm -hmm. group 
admitted his role in the murder in a similar jailhouse confession. confession. Um, still, his defense thought that it, he was just like the getaway driver, like he wasn't really necessarily like involved in the crime, and we've talked about that quite yeah. a bit. Um, but LAPD did have some evidence like linking the like crime scene and Walker's car. Um, no trial date has been set for Walker that I found, and the unnamed suspects are still awaiting trial as well. In April of this year, oh my god, the 17 year old, now 20, uh, pled guilty and was convicted as an accomplice, being sentenced to four years and two months in the juvenile detention center. He's 20, he's now 20, but at this the time of they base it like on the time of the crime right. like how old you were at the time okay so yeah it's a little hard to find like solid information about what's going on now with these charges mm-hmm. one because of the unnamed people and the trials like fucked up by covid mm-hmm. and like obviously like prolonged like yeah. they're probably just like sitting waiting right yes. now i feel like all this stuff kind of just got like buried mm-hmm. but now that i talked about that frustrating investigation I do want to talk a little bit more about Pop Smoke's post. I wrote this word a lot, and I just one of those reading words that yeah. I can't say out loud. Post Homer. Post Homer. Posthumous. Posthumous. Thank you. <laughs> I can never <laughs> say a, that word. Let's have a little giggle to myself. I'm like, I can't Post-os- say. It. Posthumous. Thank you, because I think I wrote it a few times here. And posthumous. I, I was like, Alyssa, don't forget to look it up. How his, to say it. His legacy. His legacy. Thank you. I want to talk about it and his impact. Perfect. So Dior was the second single off Meet the Woo, mm-hmm. and it became Pop Smoke's first uh, posthumous solo hit, peaking at number 22 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 33 on the UK singles charts. At the beginning of March 2020, so like a month after he had passed, Uh, American rapper 50 Cent announced that on his Instagram that he had decided to executive produce and finish Pop Smoke's debut studio album, which is amazing. Like people in the industry, even like not even a whole year of him like working on music and stuff, like they were like, they believed that he was the real deal. Yeah. And if you listen to it, it's just like it is like different. Like you just like are like, wait, hold on. But it's Um, good because we need a different. Yeah. After this was announced, 50 Cent called some other artists to feature them on the record as well, which is cool. Pop Smoke wanted to take his mother to an award show at some point and like had promised her that that would be the case. Mm -hmm. So 50 Cent around this time promised to take her to Mm -hmm. one when the album was complete. Shut up. I'm like, I want to... Also going to a award show with 50 Cent. I know. The fuck? In May 2020, Victor announced that Pop Smoke's debut album was complete and would be released June 12th, 2020. Mm -hmm. The album was named Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. It was initially set to release on June 12th, but was pushed back out of respect for the George Floyd protest mm-hmm. because this was like peak yes the world was burning yeah literally not like it got ending. better but like this was bad it was bad so instead on the album's original release date the lead single make it rain featuring fellow brooklyn rapper rowdy rebel was released instead so a man named virgil Abloh 
created out the album's original artwork and the cover artwork actually like kind of caused a little bit of a stir Mm -hmm. got a lot of criticisms from fans who called it like lazy and rushed and it felt like very disrespectful um it wasn't like bad but it was just like it felt disrespectful because this was like his first album and Uh he didn't really get to see it through so like the the bar was very high yes you know so it actually prompted a change.org petition (laughs) attracting tens of thousands of signatures to get the album cover changed (gasps) before it was even released Ryder Rips actually created the final cover art. That one's a chrome rose against like a black background, which I feel like you have seen. The album was officially released on July 3rd, and it reached number one in several countries, including on the Billboard 200. All 19 songs on the album charted on the Billboard Hot 100 with For the Night featuring Lil Baby and Da Baby debuting and peaking at number six giving Pop Smoke his first top 10 hit in the U.S. Wow. Sad. On July 20th, which would have been his 21st birthday, a deluxe edition of the album was released and featured 15 new additional tracks. The album's fifth single, What You Know About Love, peaked at number nine on the Billboard Top 100, giving Pop Smoke his second top 10 hit in the U.S. And that one, like, went not so viral on TikTok and like eventually Instagram. Yes. In February 26th, AP was released as the lead single for the Bougie soundtrack, which is a movie. I've never seen it though. Mm-hmm. Without assistance from 50 Cent. I'm not exactly sure why, if that was like tea or whatever, but okay. um, a second posthumous album titled Faith was released in July of 2021. Wow. Yeah. So he had been recording. I was going to say, you had he was so much material that so was so much material. Was lined up. Yeah. He had been working. Like, he was Good for working. Him. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, making Pop Smoke the first artist to debut two posthumous albums at the top of the chart, which is like... That's crazy to think An about. insane sentence, a very tragic sentence, yeah. and it's just like so so upsetting like it's so upsetting and as I was kind of like digging on like reddit and things like that I did see obviously people being like his albums only really went big because of like what happened to him and I just like do not agree with that at all like he was already like obviously people in the industry even before he like had passed were taking him seriously and he had only been really like actually like making music for not even a year like right. it's actually insane to like say some shit like that like with your chest like truly yeah. and also like for that person or those people that are saying that like if their stuff was bad people it would let it not, die yeah. with them yeah it's not it doesn't matter if they're alive or dead like that was gonna it's gonna die if it's, it's not bad. like an art it's not like a visual like painting or something like no. that where like sometimes if the artist passes like mm-hmm. it goes up in value it's just not the same like people are gonna True. listen to the music that they want to listen to and that they think is good exactly it has nothing really to do with like the state this yeah the person really yeah and i think like even just like all of these like that's why I wanted to put all this like chart data on here because it's just like it's actually like unprecedented it's nuts yeah it's nuts so in 2021 and 2022 he had 
I saw a few different numbers, but I counted about 16 award nominations for different like music award shows and six wins. At the 2021 Billboard Music Awards, he won Top New Artist, Top Rap Artist, Top Male Rap Artist, Top Billboard 200 Album, and Top Rap Album for Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Damn. In one night. That's nuts. Four awards were announced before the Billboard Music Awards aired, which happens a lot. Mm -hmm. I hate how they do that. It's so annoying. On Sunday when the award show aired, his mom, Audrey Jackson, took the stage to accept the top Billboard 200 album honors on his behalf. And I'm going to read a part of her speech. Yeah. She says... Thank you to the fans for honoring the life and spirit of my son so much that he continues to manifest as if he were still here in the flesh. He created music for the kid who has to sleep four in a room, the kid who has to figure out how to get to school each day so he can graduate and make his mom proud. He did this so that 14-year-olds would not have to kill anybody to prove that they are someone. Like the goosebumps on my body right now. Just like, like his mom. And she's like, I'm sorry I didn't really go too much into what she's been doing, but mm-hmm. she's like done a lot of work about like anti-gun violence yeah. and stuff okay. like that, awesome. which is like amazing. And she like gives speeches and stuff like that. It's yeah, just like it's just truly terrible to lose a child. It's awful. It's awful, awful, awful. The Grammy Awards, like, website has, like, a bunch of different types of pages on it, and I found one page just about, like, Pop Smoke because he did get, like, nominated for a bunch of Grammys Mm -hmm. as well. I don't think he won any, Mm -hmm. but um, they did have, like, a really nice quote in here and some quotes from some of his friends just Mm -hmm. all in one that I also wanted to read just to kind of wrap it up. In Pop Smoke's absence, his presence is felt. The new crop of New York City rappers taking over have, at one point or another, read Pop Smoke's playbook. Artists like Fivo Foreign and Busy Banks are carrying that torch, slowly moving up in the ranks within hip-hop. What Pop Smoke did was carve a new lane, and the moves he made within a year's time will continue to breed new talent for years to come. Milo says he left a blueprint in the rap game, a whole new style, making new rappers or well-known stars jump on the wave. Victor adds, He said many times that he made music for kids to inspire them to dream big and that their dreams could become a reality no matter what their circumstances were. He showed them what was possible. His legacy is his humanity. And that is... That's really good. That is a very, very upsetting story. Tragic. Yeah, of... Pop Smoke. But he's a kick-ass artist. It's so I he's like so good. When I first came about, like came across his music, I had no idea that he had already like passed away. Passed away. Like I, I don't think a lot of people no did. Clue. Yeah, like zero idea. And I think even like a lot of people who like kind of casually, more casually listen to his music, like still don't know because like mm-hmm. well, one even with big artists who pass away, I think like Mac Miller like is mm-hmm. someone that comes to mind. I guess yes. like recently, like where their like posthumous albums are released, like mm-hmm. they already have the big fan base. They already have like you know the kind of like spot in like the industry and the genre, mm-hmm. and 
it's just like a real like testament that of his like talent and his uniqueness I guess yeah. like that both of his albums like got all of these accolades and stuff like that and he wasn't even there to like kind of make his own spot like in the industry and make like you know gather his fans and things right. like that like just like is so tragically like organic you know what I mean yeah well, it's, it's just also like crazy true well I mean and also because like his stuff keeps on getting released yeah it's probably confusing to people I mean yeah it definitely is like I feel like that's not something that you think about when you it's like not, listen yeah. to like a new album mm-hmm. especially like an artist that like mm-hmm. people don't know that's what I mean it's just like with Mac Miller obviously everyone like knows that he passed away mm-hmm. so like when you like when like someone new listens listens to Mac Miller for the first time they like already know right because you know the fan I mean? base is already established yeah. that status yeah yeah so it's just like it's kind of like good for him though yeah like and I was like watching some interviews with him it's like he's just like a baby like it's just like I know like I know 20 is like not a baby but it is but it's just like so young it's so young it's nuts when we think about what we did at 20 I was a child child your brain isn't even like fully developed You you can't drink legally I know. I hate guns. I hate guns. It's just really sad. So sorry to bummer you. No, it's the bummer doesn't end here, folks. Never. But it never does. I one second. Literally, what is happening? They're shooting an action movie right now. Shall I begin? Okay. Well, right. this is one of those cases where I had not heard of it until I researched it. But then when I researched it, I was kind of aware of this person just because like I have this weird knowledge of like musicians that are also comedians oh, or like or some some sort of like comedy entertainment, like even if it's like old timey. Okay, I guess I can kind of like blame my parents and my grandparents for that. But there have been many a comedian who have, like, referenced this person. Oh, okay. I see, like, I see. a skit or something. Right. So I kind of, like, linked weird bits of my memory together and, like, gave it a name. Okay. All right. Because you were doing something of the rap nature, I have accidentally continued with the country theme. Oops. 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 Okay. Today, I'll be talking about the death of the country banjo player David Ackman better known as String Bean, in his death in 1973. String Bean. String Bean, yes. He was an American singer-songwriter, musician, comedian, and semi-professional baseball player. Okay. Best known for his role as a main cast member on the hit television show Hee Haw and as a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Yes. Hee Haw is a real show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just like I just that just set you. That just set me off. Yeah, no, he's this is he's got some funny stuff. So we can laugh for a little bit. Hee haw. Hee haw. Oh my yeah. god. Don't we love old timey country? It's just shows. called Hee Haw. Hee Haw. Yeah, I'm just gonna tune in at 8 p.m. to Hee Haw, yes. my favorite show. That's yes. fucking Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that I don't know why that just affected me like that. I like threw my microphone. <laughs> I love. He was well known for his 
old-fashioned banjo picking style. Old-fashioned meaning just like down picking. Yeah. Like really fast. Yes. So it's very impressive. And a careful mix of comedy and music and his memorable stage wardrobe, okay. which consisted of a long nightshirt, like striped nightshirt, tucked into a pair of blue jeans belted around his knees. I have seen this. I've seen this. Yes, this giving picture. him the comical appearance of a very tall man with stubby legs, a.k.a. string bean. Wow. Yes, so most people will, like, That's recognize him for that. And he had, like, his, like, big, thick rim glasses. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about his career. He was born in 1915 in Anvil, Kentucky, to a very musical family. His father played banjo at, like, public dance halls. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 12, he exchanged two prize chickens for his first banjo. I just, like, want to go back. Like, <laughs> I wish I could I wanna, I use wanna go some prize chickens in exchange for money and things that I want. Can we all start bartering again? I Barter. Think, I think, like, the world would be better if we just I bartered agree. instead. I got some pretty cool stuff. I'd be bartering. <laughs> okay, so prize chickens. So just like his father, he played banjo at those local dances. And when he was of age, he realized that playing banjo was not enough income to live Mm -hmm. on even at that time. Uh, So he joined the Depression Era Civilian Conservation Corps, which was in charge of like building roads and planting trees, like infrastructure stuff. Yeah. So he did that mostly. During this time when he was just getting started, he was discovered by Asa Martin, who was a famous rhythmic guitarist who played with Doc Roberts, who was a very famous fiddle player mm-hmm. um, during like the Depression era. Martin held a talent competition and String Bean won and was offered a place in Martin's band. And it was Martin who called him String Bean because of his tall, long build. So I put it's in parentheses. Yeah, I was like, so yes, like everyone was thinking he was called String Bean because he looked like it. <laughs> Real. I don't know one lanky person that hasn't been called String Bean string at least bean, six right? times in their life. And I wonder if that started because of this. Oh. Yeah. He was the because forerunner in String Bean. He was bean. the String Bean. He was the and OG then everyone's like, String Bean. I know a guy that looks like String Bean, so they started calling him that as like a pop culture reference. The birth of String Bean. Like B-S-B instead of like B-C, B-S-B before String Bean. And like A-S-B no. after String Bean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... Aikman originally was only a musician, but when another performer failed to show up to a show with the band one night, he was used as a singer and comic. From then on, Aikman did both comedy and music, and he appeared on WALPAM, right, like which was a radio station in Lexington, Kentucky, and played with several groups in the late 1930s. So he started like his comedy act. I don't know if he was like always like a funny guy. Yeah. I assume he had to be if you just like walk up and do like a comedy set yeah. or like some shit while playing the banjo. And I also like read this like I wish I quoted it, but Steve Martin who yeah. also plays banjo. Classic. Was like commenting on like banjo and comedy and he's like you can't play a sad song on a banjo kind of comedy in the banjo just like goes so like well together whistle. exactly you can't it's be like, sad with there's a slide like a, whistle there's like a group of like instruments that just like you if you play a sad 
song mm-hmm. and you include that, you're just it kind of takes you out of it ever yes. so slightly. It's like to varying comedi- degrees. Yeah, exactly. But I love it. I yeah. live for banjo. Yeah. Okay, so String Bean also played semi-professional baseball. And although how he got to this point isn't provided in detail, I imagine just like a little sandlot moment. Just yeah, like I don't really know what like baseball. semi-professional yeah. means. Does I that like, just mean you like play I understand in like a really it good in like team? nowadays because my cousin played semi-professional baseball. I still don't know what that um, means. Like you go, like you get in, semi-professional is basically the reserves for professional teams. Oh. Okay. And sometimes you make it and sometimes you don't. Okay. But it was definitely way different back then, too. In baseball, he met bluegrass pioneer Bill Monroe, who fielded for another semi-pro team. Oh. Another baseball fucking folk player. Okay. From 1943 to 1945, Aikman played banjo from Monroe's band, performing on recordings such as Goodbye Old Pal, which is a really big one. So he also teamed with Willie Egbert Westbrook as String Beans and Cousin Wilbur which was their comedy duo. Okay. And he also appeared on the same like stage bill as Monroe's band. Okay. When he left Monroe, he was replaced by Earl Scruggs, who was a banjoist with a very different style. Scruggs is known for his three-finger picking banjo, which is like formerly known as the, or now known as the Scruggs style. Okay. Which is a big technique now. Yeah, yeah. But the traditional is like a five Two. finger. Picking, yeah, yeah. And he did a three finger picking. So there's like more than one way, but banjo he's like known is for so it. insane. Yes. Like if you know how to play the banjo. And like the, what I learned about this like through this whole research was that there's like banjo community central. Like all these people that he's like oh, running into and will run into us will see are like banjo players. Like, yeah. You find all the banjo players here in this story. Yes. Okay. He's kind of out he has this like comedy duo with Westbrook, Willie Westbrook, and he's out of Monroe's band at this point. So there's just like comedy music kind of doing his own thing. But he's like been through and met all these people through baseball and is not playing baseball anymore. Okay. In 1945, so after leaving Monroe's band, Stringbean married Estelle Stanfill. And the same year, he performed the comedy duet with Willie Westbrook, and they were invited to perform on the Grand Old Opry. Now, the Grand Old Opry is an American weekly live country music radio broadcast originally from the Opry House in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's like a several nights a week performance type of thing. It was founded on November 28th of 1925 by George D. Hay as a one-hour radio barn dance Oh, um, and is currently owned and operated by Opry Entertainment. Is it Opry or Opry? I don't know. I think it's op. Is it Opry? I think the I'm Grand a- Old Opry, Opry, Opry. I think it's Opry. Opry. I hate to say. I'm so no, that's sorry. Fine. I was just like confusing my reality for a moment, but I really think it's Opry because it's still around. I've just like heard Grand Old Opry, and I've is never that like heard a Southern it- accent thing? Is it like an accent thing? Oh, perhaps it might be Grand Old Opry. 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 I don't know. Ugh, if I get ringed for this later. Can we later. look it up? <laughs> yes. The Grand Ole Opry. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I've been sorry, schooled. Sorry, everyone. No, it's fine. So it's Grand Ole Opry, not Opry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't. Don't be. Opry. I don't want any Texas people coming after me or Nashville people. Okay. So the Grand Ole Opry. So it's currently operated by Opry Entertainment. And it is the longest running radio broadcast in U.S. history. 
which I think is really cool. It is dedicated to honoring country music and its history, and the Opry showcases a mix of famous singers and contemporary chart toppers performing country, bluegrass, Americana, folk, and gospel music, as well as comedic performances and skits, as we'll see. Mm -hmm. It attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors from around the world and millions of radio and internet listeners. So it's an actual live venue that you can go see. Right. Especially now. Yeah. And yes, it is still around and on like it's televised. Yeah. As we can imagine (laughs) with the advancement of technology. And for a lot of the country music world, it is almost like a rite of passage to big country stars. It's like a classic, kind of like how SNL is, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. With any entertainment people. But this is kind of like the country world. Yeah. Okay, so that was all 1945. Okay. He married Estelle and... Him and Willie are on this, like, show at the Opry now. Love it. Yes. So the following year, in 1946, Stringbean began working with Grandpa Jones, who is another famous banjo player and comedian. Jones and Stringbean worked together at the Opry and many years later on Hee Haw television series. They also became neighbors in Goodlesville. Good, good, Goodles. I like Goodlesville. Good, sure. Good Letsville. Good Letsville. Tennessee. Like, I like Goodlesville. Goodlesville, <laughs> Tennessee. It's a good place. Stringbean became a protege of Uncle Dave Macon, who is another famous banjo player, one of the biggest Opry stars like ever. And near the end of his life, Macon gave Stringbean one of his most prized banjos. Wow, that's yes, big. Big. So again, the banjo community is strong with this one. He went from having to give away his prized chickens to having like a living prized legend. Banjo. Yeah. Hey, bartering. I love it. <laughs> you work your way up. All right. So at the Opry, <laughs> like I said before, he was one of the Opry's biggest stars in the 1950s. And he adopted that stage costume of the long night shirt. And his blue jeans buckled around his waist. Um, I almost, like, wanted to find a nightshirt myself and, like, recreate this just to, like, see what I'd look like. I and I imagine I'd look so like a funhouse mirror. I want you to so So bad. bad. I don't have a long enough shirt for that. I um, do. But, yeah, so I made him look like he had a really... <laughs> I do. I do. I'll have to just find a nightshirt. Yeah. Sophie's got one. Sophie's got a flamingo one. I know. I've seen it. I want I've night- taken her to the McDonald's drive-thru in that nightshirt, so I I'm going like to ask. like a nightshirt. It's just a dress. Like, I love it. It's the proper way. It makes you kind of look like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Like, I want that. Yes. All right, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. We're getting matching ones. Record Mm. crimes. String beans. String beans. String beans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Yeah. So he was like, I want this costume to look like more of a string bean, as if he didn't already look like a walking string bean 24-7. He was playing into it. He was. This like look helped like solidify him as like comedian and a performer and it was ironically a lot of his legacy and helped to inspire later comedians as we'll see like his like look or like just like it's like like, this whole it was like the whole the whole bit okay so like but the look was part of it yeah 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 like you know what you were in for so many people play like pay homage to him like just by dressing up like him yeah Stringbean did not record as a solo artist until the early 1960s when he was signed by the Starday label. Stringbean remained a celebrated performer of the old-fashioned banjo playing claw hammer or frailing, which is, like I said, like that downwards playing. 
Right. And in addition to his skill as a claw hammer player, Stringby also frequently played two finger banjo using thumb and forefinger, which we seem, yeah, just very like, we see a lot of people do that. Yeah. He is listed with Uncle Dave Macon, Grandpa Jones, and Ralph Stanley as the greatest old time style banjo players. So he really got up there with like his like proper playing. He kept his audience with his traditional playing and his mixture of comedy and song. And he scored country chart hits with chewing gum and i wonder where wanda went it's like some of his big stuff between 1962 and 1971 he recorded seven albums the first old time picking and grinning with stream bean yeah <laughs> i liked the accent that time yes. and it included folk songs especially humorous animal songs okay tall stories and country jokes love it so very much comedy and music together. And so like his music was primarily in use for his comedy, but as like just a banjo musician with other bands, his playing was really like no other. Yeah. So he kind of was like a really, you know what I like to imagine? Like if like a crazy guitarist or like a classical pianist, like I'm thinking about Bach, mm -hmm. like what if Bach made like a comedy? That would be nuts. Yeah. I think it's like very hard to mm -hmm. get away with like, comedic musical playing yes. and like you have to be really really good for True. it to like hold up yeah. I guess or not hold up but like mm -hmm. for, for people to like enjoy it because yes. like or else it's just like bad and like yes. not funny it's kind of like cringy like everyone yes. gets like secondhand embarrassment but exactly. if you're like good and you're also kind of like silly goofy right. then everyone's like what but I also like remember like in school like writing like comedic Tom and Jerry style music <laughs> is so hard. Dude, it's hard. It is so hard and it takes so much skill and to like play it yeah. is another story. Totally. Like you can write it all you want, but then you're like, shit, someone got to play like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> like that is fucking hard. That's hard. It's hard to sound like not stupid. Yes. Like you have to commit to you it. You have really. to commit to you it to and it has to, to be the so good. So yes. that's what he was doing. And in 1969, Stringbean and Grandpa Jones became cast members of that television show, Hee Haw. Best show name. One of his, yes, one of his regular routines was reading a letter from home to his friends. And they asked about the latest letter and Stringbean would take it out um, and he would say, like, he carried it right next to my heart. Like he would take it out. Not finding it in his overalls pocket, he would check all his other pockets by patting them with his hands until he found the letter, usually in his hip pocket. So goofy. It's like right next to my heart That's every time, so but it's not there every time. He was also the scarecrow in a cornfield who would Sorry? say one-liners before being shouted down by the crow on his shoulder. <laughs> what the yeah. What is this show? Can we watch it? It's literally nuts. I want to so watch it so bad. We'll have to. But yeah, so he would like, it would be like comedic, like, he'd say like one stupid thing and the crow would be like, ah, and he'd be like, done. <laughs> I wish I watched it so I could have like reenacted something. Wait. No, that was perfect. Everything you just did just then, like, I don't even want to know the real thing. I want to see you reenact it. True. Okay. Wait, that crow it. sound. I know. Come on, Moira nuts. Rose. <laughs> Crows have eyes. Oh. No. My God. She's looking at a video right now. Let me see. 
Like, okay. Stop. This style of, of comedy, comedy is just stupid. Dad joke, like classic. It's, it's literally like the long, the long form dad joke. Yes. It's not like the little it's a like skit. It's, it's like a, a full skit, skit. But it's like the whole thing is it just ends. In, yes. The punchline is a dad joke. Yes. My grandpa has like the same facial structure and like glasses as him. And oh when I God. saw a picture of him, I was like, Papa, Papa. <laughs> Wait, he should dress up as string, string bean. bean. Oh my god, I'll t- I'm gonna have to tell Papa about string bean. I'm sure he. I knows. think he listens to this podcast too, which I think is really sweet. <gasps> Hi, Papa. Hi, Papa. Aww. Um. Yeah. So he would have. So the, so he was. He had these characters. In addition to being like a musician, which he was, he was a really great comedian. Yeah, the dry like delivery. Yeah, yeah dry delivery. That's grandpa humor. It's different yes. than dad humor, but only because it's longer. Yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so Hee Haw continued airing his tape segments following his death, and his final episode was season five, episode 26, which aired on March 23rd of 1974, which was like wow. a year after his death. All right. So let's talk about the tragic sitch at hand. String Bean lived pretty modestly his whole life and within his marriage. Uh, the Great Depression was in full swing, so he and his wife lived in a small cabin in Tennessee, and they kind of preferred it this way. Okay. It said, quote, their only indulgences were a Cadillac and a color TV. Depression-era bank failures caused Aikman not to trust banks with his money, and gossip around Nashville was that String Bean kept large amounts of cash on hand, though he was by no means wealthy, but by wealthy by entertainment industry standards. Yeah. He was big. Yeah, exactly. Um, And according to Nashville's Tennessean newspaper, their life out in the country was so idyllic that they told friends they could leave a bucket of cash on the porch, go on tour and return to find it still sitting there. Small town vibes. Small town, That's safe the, town. We don't lock our doors type of vibe. Exactly. Like, yeah. everyone knows everyone. Everyone's kind of watching out. Sure. In a way. Yeah. All right. So on Saturday night, November 10th, 1973, String Bean and his wife returned home after he performed at the Grand Old Opry. And when they rolled up to the cabin, authorities believe that String Bean noticed something was wrong with the porch. He approached the house alone armed with a 22 pistol that he carried with him for protection. And when he went inside, two men were waiting for him. <gasps> Both he and his wife were shot dead shortly after their arrival. Oh, my God. The killers had waited for hours, and their corpses were discovered the following morning by their neighbor, Grandpa Jones, his oh banjo my friend. God. Yes. Yo, what the fuck? Yes. So Billboard magazine disclosed that he and his wife had a combined $5,700 or $5,700 in cash on them when murdered and that their killers had left the crime scene in Stringbane's own automobile. Trials would later reveal that the men's motive had been robbery fueled by alcohol and drugs. They got away with just $250 they found in Aikman's front overall pocket. He was literally in his overalls like he had in that skit that I just showed you. Oh, my God. Sad. So, yeah, they got away with just $250 that they found in the overall pocket. And with whatever was in, like, Estelle's purse, a few guns, and 
the couple's station wagon. Wow. Investigators would later find thousands of dollars in cash on the couple's bodies that the killers had missed because they were sewn into several pockets inside their clothing. So I love Depression Era, like, cash lore. Like, I just, like, what? Mm -hmm. Okay, so a police investigation resulted in the convictions of cousins John A. Brown and Marvin Douglas Brown, both 23 years old. These two stories... Our, both of our stories today involve young, like, no, 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 stop. They had initially trashed the cabin looking for stuff. Okay. And killed Stringbean when he arrived. His wife shrieked when she saw her husband murdered and she begged for her life, but was also shot as well. <sighs> yes. And according to the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals, quote, Upon their return, Mr. Aikman spotted the intruders in his home and evidently offered some resistance. One of the Brown cousins fatally shot Mr. Aikman, then pursued, shot, and killed Ms. Aikman. And at their trial, where Grandpa Jones testified as he, like, recognized one of the stolen firearms in the defendant's possession as a gift he had given to Stringbean. (gasps) So, literally, one of the, like, he was... Stringbean was killed by the robbers using a gun that Grandpa Jones gave Stringbean. It was just in his house. Yes. And each of the defendants, each of the robbers, blamed each other for the homicide. So the cousins literally turned on each other. Typical. Typical. Yeah. In addition to the money, they took some firearms and a chainsaw. Marvin Douglas Brown fought his convictions in the appellate courts. On September 28th, 1982, which was like nine years after, Mm -hmm. the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals affirmed the trial judge's order denying him a new trial. Marvin Brown ultimately granted an exclusive interview to Larry Brinton of the Nashville Banner, which was like a newspaper. Yeah. He admitted his part in the burglary and murders, but insisted John Brown fired the fatal shots, his cousin. Like, okay. As Marvin Brown, by his own admission, had committed burglary, which was a felony that resulted in death at the time, Brown was legally guilty of murder regardless who fired the shots under Tennessee's felony murder rule. Marvin Brown died of natural causes in 2003. What? At the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Petros, Tennessee. Yeah. And is buried in the prison cemetery. Um, his cousin, John Brown, was incarcerated in the Lois M. DeBerry Special Needs Facility in Nashville. Unsure about his trial, but he was obviously sent to like a psychiatric ward. Yeah. Rather than a regular state prison. Okay. And in 2008, the Tennessee Parole Board deferred any parole for 36 months. And he was again denied parole in July of 2011. But in 2014... He was granted parole and released after serving 41 years of a 198-year sentence. Wow. Which means he might still be alive. I could not find if he was dead or not. I'm assuming that means probably not, right? I don't know. I Even if he died, I don't know if they would post about it. I guess that's... I don't know. know. That's... Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he might be alive and out there right now. Okay. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So the brutal murders marked a turning point in Nashville history. As quoted, this was just the beginning of a dawning despair. 
17 days later, after these murders, the bodies of country star James Jimmy Widener and his friend Mildred Hazelwood were also found dead following a robbery. First, it was String Bean, a good guy. Now it's Jimmy Widener, a good guy. The musician Hank Snow commented. He also said, I wonder when it's going to stop. It was with these two in less than three weeks. Two of the Opry's most esteemed performers had been killed for a quick buck after playing at the venue. Mm. Yes. Mm. And if this was America's most wholesome genre, then the wider implications for society were obvious. So, like, we have this country, like you said, everyone leaves their doors unlocked. But then you start getting these big Nashville stars and these people are like, oh, they have all this money. Then that homie. Well, it's because like they know how Mm -hmm. safe people feel. True. And also, I guess that's kind of like the dichotomy of it as well. It's like you are these big stars. Yeah. In the area where the depression is hitting the hardest. Yeah. It's definitely like obviously crime of any sort rises when people are in any sort of like distress whether that be like not Mm -hmm. having enough resources in any sense of the word so like to have these people around you Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of like where we are right now in LA like there's literally like up the hill richest of the rich and then down the hill like the poorest of the poor Mm -hmm. and like people wonder why there's so much crime it's just like I am not even at that level of poor and I get pissed when I see that level of rich. Exactly. It's like, it's so. Exactly. And especially when it's like. Because it's like, why can't mm-hmm. I have like basic things? And these exactly. people are living lavishly. Exactly. And even like, though they are not. They're living lavishly. Like, like, and, and the thing is too, is like these TV shows and stuff. Yeah. They're like the pride of country. And right. Like, right. The skits that they're making so much money off of, other people are just like existing and like having and still dealing with, you know, the shit end of the stick, basically. Right. When you can be telling jokes on television and making all that money. Yeah. Especially Um, there's like probably a lot of like country pride mm -hmm. to do that that like kind of plays into it too. You know what I mean? Yes. And I will say like when I was like looking at this research and this whole being like the turning point in Nashville history. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I guess it's, like, people are, like, oh, man, like, it was so shocking that this was happening. And I feel like it's not that shocking. I think it was only shocking for the people who were, like. Living that comfortably, leaving yes. their doors unlocked with all their money inside. Like, yes. not, yeah. Like, how could someone do this to us? We're just, just like them. I'm, li- I'm living modestly in a cabin. I'm, like, yes, but you're also, like, a broadcasting star. Yeah. Anyway. So... Steve Gibson, whose father, Kurt Gibson, performed with String Bean during the final Opry show that he was in, okay, has this quote. He says, It was the subculture where everyone dealt in handshakes, promises, and word of mouth with no fear of betrayal. The best qualities of any small town really define Nashville as Music City, and with the violent, brutal murders of String Bean and Estelle, everyone had to rethink all that. We started looking over our shoulders and wondering what was happening. And then Grandpa Jones's wife, Ramona, said, They were such gentle people, both of them. Sweet, gentle people that loved nature and spent most of their free time fishing on a creek. For a year, 
I couldn't hardly talk about it. It was devastating. A sad time. A trying time. I don't think you ever get over something like that. Our lives were never the same after that. Yeah. And then a fellow Opry star, Roy Akuf, told TV reporters at the time as well, this is so sad. Why would anyone want to harm String? He was such a gentle guy, always helping others. Money, I guess. That's why they did it. Look at that little house. That's the way String wanted to live. He could have bought 10 farms that size with 10 mansions on them, but he preferred to fish, hunt, and sit in that rocking chair and look up at the mountains. So, like we'd say, there's just, like, sad, very modest, but, like, crime and all that stuff. Yeah. And in the 1990s, two decades after the murders happened, several news organizations reported that $20,000 had been found behind a brick in the chimney Ugh. of String Bean's old fireplace. Again, I love like the Depression era cash mm-hmm. lore. Like there's just money yes. and things but, everywhere. Yes. But the cash was too deteriorated to be usable. Yeah, um, it crazy. said this like story was unclear, not like clearly verified, but I believe who found it was actually a renter. Oh, that came to live in the house, and they were like, "Hey, this started, brick is a little yeah." Wiggly. Started doing a little home renovation and found the money, and it was like deteriorated because of wear, but also water damage. Mm, they're like, yeah. "What the fuck? Twenty thousand dollars? What is this doing in here?" depression era i wish that would happen to me yes. i just like randomly happened upon twenty thousand dollars i would love to take a i would love to take this popcorn ceiling and just have twenty thousand dollars fall on me david and estelle aikman or david and estelle's string bean are mr. buried and mrs string bean. mr and mrs string bean are buried in forest lawn memorial gardens in goodlitzville 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 Tennessee, um, and during the remaining production of Hee Haw, the Scarecrow was left as a memorial. Oh, not the Scarecrow. Not the Scarecrow. Bluegrass artist Sam Bush recorded the Ballad of Stringbean and Estelle, which tells the story mm. of their murders for his 2009 album Circles Around Me. The song was written by Bush, Guy Clark, and Verlon Thompson, and was nominated by the IBMA for Song of the Year in 2011. Wow. Yes. And then I found a really good quote from an article to wrap this all up, and it said, quote, David Stringbean Aikman was emblematic of the dreamy, never-say-die attitude of America's rural working class. In the big, bulging country, this illiterate ne'er-do-well sought his own snippet of the American dream. The banjo was to be his engine towards this lofty horizon, and with little more than a claw hammer skills, quick wit, and personal ways, he damn near arrived there. Tragically, his end also typifies how this dream often seems more like a bygone fantasy. Damn. So literally both of our people, gone too soon... So, yo, fuck. But that's the story of String Bean and wife Estelle. And yeah. I like when you do like the country ones because I just, especially like the older ones, Mm -hmm. I'm just so not in that world at all that when you're talking, I'm like, what? It's like a Western movie, all of it. Yeah. I also like remember when we first started this podcast and we were just like talking about our preferences and like what we liked about music. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I respect country, but I cannot listen to it. 
the yeah, more you I did like say that I hate when people say that I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I find myself listening to more country and folk and stuff. Yeah. And granted, my statement still stands when it comes to like Florida Georgia line. Like you can't pay me enough. Sure. But like all these other ones, like now that I'm like listening to it, it's it's lit a weird bit of like American music Don't history oh, okay. <laughs> that I'm like oh I I liked this part of music history like yeah. this is kind of cute and fun and it makes me feel like a cowgirl and yeah. I like it yeah you kind of had like a little accent every so often in that story when I you tried were talking it was fun it was fun it was fun <laughs> um oh. I on your like point of like country music like mm-hmm. not liking that I think it's like fun not fun when <laughs> I think it's not fun. I think it's fun, not fun when people are like, I don't like this whole genre because have you ever been on oh, fuck, I'm gonna forget the website. I think it's just called All Genres or something like that. No. It's basically like this you go on this website and it's like world's largest fucking spider web of all of these like genres and then their like subgenres and then the genres that branch off from those subgenres Jeez. and then you can click on that and you can like see some artists like our okay. songs that are like representative of that genre but so like i always just think it's really funny when people are like i don't like this one and it's like this like big umbrella term True. and they don't like See, you don't like like the like more modern poppy yes. like hee haw, but also like hip hop question mark. Yes, question like questionable country. Yes. But you like like the old timey like western I type do. country Americana, or like the folky Americana. Folk. Yeah, that's what Even I mean. Even like country country, I love. I just like I think people are like missing out on large chunks of mm-hmm. music when they like group Close it together like that off. yeah like have the umbrella term but i also understand that like how people consume music is obviously like changing but like for the most part people it's like divided up like that for us you know exactly. like it's like oh the country music charts and mm-hmm. it's like all these different kinds of country True. but like people it usually like comes in waves like what genre yeah. like sub genres are like big at the right. time and also just like particularly with string bean string bean it's literally his name is funny but like he his like genre was just like fun loving he wrote about animals and their funny happy like daily happenings like literally that is all the music was it was just like meant to make you laugh and like bring you joy yeah and there's not too many like funny comedic like spearheaded things out there right now that are just like parodies almost yeah for the sake of like like he's he is the definition of doing it for the bit i love people that commit to the bit commit to the bit commit to the fucking bit dude like i might be string bean for halloween straight up i want that for you really bad and then we can educate everyone on string bean i can yes damn that was like i'm kind of glad that yours had some comedy in there because i got real dark yeah, for a while no, it's good I I'm, couldn't... I'm also happy i wrapped that one up <laughs> yeah i'm glad you went last because um oh. i would have not been able to tailspin out of that it would have um, been it would have been that tailspin. it would have been like we would have just been like anyways anyway ya, goodbye goodbye and and all right another fucking app in the books books we're one away from 30 
Oh my god, our dirty 30. Oh! <laughs> the dirty 30. Do not say um, <laughs> Do not, ever. I um, also want to credit myself with, if you're not like, if you're not like the, the spunky, edgy type of dirty 30, there's also Sorry. the other side of the coin, which is the nerdy 30. Oh, okay. I like to coin myself with like that theme thinking Clarice, you literally just turned 25 yeah like you're not i'm not there yet but who's ever heard of the nerdy 30 no one until now i it's me nerdy 30 is by clarice tm okay she's already got it trademarked don't look it up because don't we're not lying up. don't do we it we would never lie to you guys it's on the air right now we, i have this time stamped audio recording we may don't be at me we may be dumb sometimes we may mispronounce many a common mm-hmm. word but we will never lie to you. But I will never lie. And we stand by that. Yeah. Probably. Do you know how many millennials have had nerdy 30s? I think my sister's in a nerdy 30 All right the Hogwarts now. people. My sister's in a nerdy 30. I love her so dearly. She actually asked me to shout her out last episode, but I oh, forgot. Forgot. Sorry, Sorry baby. I love her. But she's like. Um, what does she want to shout out for? I don't know. She just wanted a shout out. So I that I think that's why I forgot. God, Jen, you gotta deserve a shout out. Well, I that's think your that's, shout out. Well, I think that's why like I didn't because I was like, what do I like say? But like I love her dude. Hello. That's my shout out. Hi, Jen. Jenny. No, it's just Jenna. Jenna. Jen Jenna, not Jenny. Clarify, not Jenny. If your name is Jenny, the shout out's not for you. Don't be mean to our Jenny listeners. Sorry, Jenny. Please. You're right. But I Jenna. wish I had a one-liner. Ah! <laughs> Add the crow sound to Clarice's <laughs> roster of noises. On that note. On that note. We'll be seeing y'all next week. Oh, yeah. I think we might go ham next week. Thoughts? Question mark, question mark. But you're vegan. That was a meat joke. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I, I hope you could feel the look I was giving her. I don't think that was visual at all. I'm going to leave that that's whole your, silence That's in. lasers burning through my mic from yeah, your eyes. Exactly. All, All right, right. We love you. And we'll love see you. y'all next week for maybe a copyright or another story. Who knows? You'll just have to stick around. I think we're doing a heavy one. Heavy hitter next week. Thoughts? Because of the 30. Oh, it's going to be a dirty yeah, 30. It's got to be dirty 30. OMG. Okay. Yeah. Done. All right. Love it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tell us what you think on our Twitter or Instagram, at Record Crimes Pod. Have a suggestion or something you want to hear on the podcast? Send us an email at recordcrimespod at gmail.com.